0: Hey, Zero Block 30 listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Pride members can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute?
1: Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions.
0: What? That's handy.
1: Yeah, now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What?
0: That's an exquisite deal.
2: And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple
0: days.
1: What? Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Revely Revely Reveille! Reveille, Reveille. here on zero Block 30 and today we have three rounds of the magazine round number one two of the most dangerous spies since 2000 have worked for the cubans and russians as high-ranking members of the defense intelligence A- agency they gave away nuclear secrets and much much more i blown away that i had never heard this story before if you guys didn't read it before like the episode starts it's gonna blow your no it's not it's gonna blow your shit away like it's mm-hmm. It's legitimately insane, like a movie that would be—not even a Netflix movie. Like, straight to the box office, this bad boy is starring, like, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. They come back together. There's a whole new marriage. It's going to be beautiful whenever they do that, but that's probably going to be the movie. you just want to reboot
1: Mr. and Mrs. Smith is what you're saying. Basically. I mean, that's essentially
0: (laughs) what it is. Just nefarious. Yeah. Um, round number two, meritorious mass is what one Ohio man needs and deserves after showing good initiative and the rare good judgment. Oh. When he was driving down the highway, he did something I think classifies good Samaritan. Even yeah. from like the biblical perspective of good Samaritan, that's what this fella We're going to get
1: him his own hoodie. It says good initiative, good judgment. They yeah, he's probably the, one the only
0: one. Yeah, that's a one-off. Those things don't happen very often at all. And finally, round number 3, a new report about sexual assaults in the military reveals a shocking truth. 45% in the military are sexually assaulted, and we're going to talk about that stigma. And if you've been in that kind of situation before and that's a trigger for you, we'll give an up we'll give you a uh, round number 3. We're going to step you could step away there and we will totally understand. Visit carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Get nailed it. Let's get nailed going it. with the show today. But before we do that, Kate had an experience <laughs> this week that we need to we need to have a little school circle on me and Con's Kate. So tell the people what happened to you this week.
2: I think I talked about in the last show how it got rear-ended in the Dunkin's yeah, yeah. drive-through. But
0: there's some updates. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and we like Completely not at fault. And USAA, the app, is like, we have found you not at fault. And then I go take it in for the estimate, and I get the estimate back, and USAA is covering a little chunk of it, but it's like, here you go, you owe $1,000 still. And I thought, oh, I better put this in the little USAA app so then they send it to the lady who caused the accident, and she covers the 1000 No. I just... I did nothing wrong, and I owe a thousand fucking dollars. Yeah,
0: that's what so we call what? In the as a deductible. I've yep. never had to deal with this shit before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> never, to, I. You know me. I go through and I just click the buttons. I'm like, I don't understand what any oh, yeah. of the fuck this shit means. I call them as they're talking to me. My brain's like, do 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 do. It's like pointless. Say little what,
0: little.
2: I'm just saying, whatever. Mm. Holy fuck balls. So I owe a thousand dollars for what? So now I'm thinking I shouldn't even get it fixed. But then I'm like, then if I'm in another accident and I have my kid in the car, I probably need a full working bumper. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, I so have a have a can't bumper. fuck around yeah, that. Yeah. But holy footballs. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, yeah it I is. Mean, even when my truck got stolen, I had to pay I had to pay 250 bucks when somebody stole my truck.
2: Dude, how does anyone afford anything?
0: Right, like, and like shit. you, tick, you pick that thousand dollar deductible because it's cheaper for you on a monthly basis. Right, if you do the high, the lower deductible, your premium is going to be a little bit higher, and that's how they get you because you have people that aren't making like a. If you're going paycheck to paycheck, and that's your life, which so many families are in America right now, you have that shit going on. You're going to pick the lowest option, and then something happens, like you're driving in a drive-through, and next thing you know. They're taking Katie's money I right know. before Christmas. Do they hate cash? And is because that what's like, going on? I, we don't use the car all week long. Like
2: we barely use it. I take the train to work. Like on the weekends is the only time we use it. So I was like, I don't need the craziest insurance, and it still costs a fuck ton of money every month. Like it's still yeah. so expensive, and you still get fucked in the ass. USAA, fucking <laughs> yeah. me in the ass. Sorry, I, mean, I just
0: had to get that off my going chest. On. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I mean you know. I have no propensity. I mean, I use USAA as well, but it's not like they're, you know, somebody I fully, wholly support. It's any insurance company would do this to you. There's no insurance company. I don't care. The only way I'll
2: change my tune is if they sponsor the pod.
0: Right, that's what I was just about to say, Kate. I love Rob Gronkowski as much as anybody else, but get him the fuck out of here. That Go one out. guy that was supposed to be a dog handler, and he's sitting in the front seat with his little Pomeranian, that dog is licking his face. Get down. Like you, have, A dog handler would be giving his dog a period of instruction right there. USA, I'll say it. Stolen Valor. I'll just say wow. it. Anyway. Yeah, I know. And – Get the fuck over yourself. You—they're never gonna sponsor us because I say fucking shit every now and then. So I'm not worried about. Get over yourself. Yeah, USA.
2: They have these commercials that's
0: like you serve now, let us serve you, dude. You gave me a fucking checkbook and a debit card. That's not serving. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Credit union. Anyway, you're a for-profit bank. You're not even a credit union. For-profit.
1: My mid-thirties entry I'm into adulting. Up. You I know what? Know. <laughs> is Always, it doesn't really matter now because so much of everything we do is just online and, and paperless and what have you. But for the longest time, I've been with USA since I was 17, so you can do the math on that. Not having a physical bank, it was always a little bit of an annoyance when you had to do certain mm-hmm. things, like maybe make a deposit or something. It was always annoying that you had to have like so some you sort can't of throw cash
0: into your computer,
1: right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I like don't like-,
0: like Dave. Whenever he gives him like a bonus, like hands him five thousand dollars with cash, what the fuck are you supposed to do with that at USA? Right,
1: right. You got to like give it to. Keep somebody it in your like-
0: rocky boots, like box in your closet.
1: No, you got to give it to rocky someone. Say, hey, can you write me a check mm. for the, for this money that I'm about to yeah. hand you? It's it's
0: like ridiculous. a fucking poor, Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I have another side note before we start. I was mm-hmm. I went down a big rabbit hole on the Bin Laden family yesterday. Uh, yeah, I read this. that blog.
0: It was great, as one does.
2: As one does, I guess you know you. I feel like we've gone down all the rabbit holes on Osama bin Laden and blah, blah, blah. I forgot. Yeah, was,
0: we've covered it. Yeah.
2: We've covered him. Um, <laughs> we've talked to the guy who killed him. But I I guess I didn't realize. It was like a mm-hmm. refresher. I didn't realize he had like 26 kids. Oh, yeah. And so it was the his fourth son that he had with his first, that Osama bin Laden had with his first cousin. Um, this guy, Omar was recently speaking to the Sun UK about what it was like to grow up with bin Laden as your dad. And the, bin Laden's like terrorist buddies would torture the family pets. like They would test out chemical weapons like on Omar's dogs and shit when he was a little kid, which is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Osama bin Laden would beat the kids, his own kids, if they smiled too wide or all this crazy shit. Um, but it was a really interesting article, kind of. He... When it was time for him to, like... His dad was like, "Time for you to be a terrorist now." He's like, "No, Papa, I want to be an artist." And he left. He went and he went to. He Good moved.
0: for him. I mean, that's yeah. how the divide is in the in their whole family, though. Like, some of yeah. them are still radicalized, and some of them. One of the daughters went to like art school in France or some shit. Like yeah. she got she got out of Afghanistan and Pakistan and went over there to do some art. One of them and lives then, in
2: Florida and is like a big Trumper. It's there's they're everywhere and they're very wait. strange.
0: And one so, of them got murdered by the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, But I just want to be clear
1: on something, Kitsu. You're telling me that Osama bin Laden and his his henchmen weren't a good influence on children and didn't Mm. treat children well? You are correct. That's hard to believe, Color but it's shop.
0: absolutely yeah, know, yeah. true. It's
2: absolutely yeah. true. But the guy has, like, and reading it, like, he's got a ton of daddy issues. The one minute he's saying, like, uh, you think? he's saying, like, <laughs> Bin Laden's a bad guy, and the next minute he's like, but I do wish we had gotten his body back for closure, and, and I do wish they hadn't killed him. And I do. he, like, flip-flops between, like,
0: he... Well, he, I think you got to play that straight down the road. I mean, if you don't, you might have people coming after that's you. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, that's, that's ballsy. Like, to go onto the sun in an international... I mean, we're talking about it now. I can't imagine the folks in Al-Qaeda are very thrilled with his son.
2: Oh, no. he's been hospitalized for hearing his dad's voice in his head and, like, having psychotic breaks. But it was just kind of a no, fascinating read. And he wrote a book called Growing Up Bin Laden or something. It sounds like a TLC show. Yeah, Growing Up does. Bin Laden. Um, but anyway, I'm Sorry. <laughs> They, uh, it came <laughs> out like 10 Amazon years Prime ago, show, yeah, yeah. Um, but just really a fascinating, just a real strange bird, this guy. I liked your And he looks line. like he has
0: a little bit of a My Chemical Romance type of yes, vibe. Absolutely. He almost
2: kind of comes across as like a, a Borat character. He's got like, in one, he's got like a ton of cornrows and he looks like he's the lead singer of corn and mm-hmm. then he's like wearing a whole leather and like whatever. Just a strange bird, but I, I went down that rabbit hole. Um. And I said it reminded me of Mox in thing where he's like, yes. I don't want your life. Like they had that yeah. conversation.
0: But I mean, that's it, basically what he said.
2: What he said. But it was just fascinating. I guess I never really looked too deep into the family. And the deeper I dug yesterday, you know, Katie Rabbit holes. Um it's kind of fascinating to track the entire family. I didn't know chaps, his Osama bin Laden's dad, or the the leader of the top son of Osama bin Laden's dad died near where you live in San Antonio in a plane crash. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. It was Osama bin Laden's dad accidentally. He was the leader of the family who, like, was actually keeping the family pretty normal and holding it together. They were just rich Saudi Arabians. He accidentally crashed his plane in Saudi Arabia and died. And then the next in line, like, the oldest son was supposedly a kind of normal dude who was, like, a chill guy. He came here.
0: He was actually on— Lackland air force base at the defense language institute yeah i do remember this story now and then he
2: crashed his plane in san antonio and he died and then the family fell apart after that and
0: yeah because we used to like whenever i was the at the dog school i would have to take the junior marines to the chow like we like the young kids that were that had never gone to the fleet and they came in you have to walk them to the chow or the cafeteria hall whatever I was sitting in there with another dude that had been in there for a while, like another staff CEO, and he was like, hey, did you know that one of Osama Bin Laden's son and his dad went to school here? And I yeah. was like, what? Like, because we shared that chow hall with the Defense Language Institute. Mm-hmm. I was blown away, man. I was like, fucking Bin Laden's kid was here and his dad was here? What the fuck is going on?
2: Yeah. And yeah. that guy, the oldest son of the Bin Ladens, who like, Osama was like a few down the line, um, was keeping the family together, and they said Osama Bin Laden was afraid to get too squirrely and too crazy because mm-hmm. he would get in trouble with his family. But once that brother died, once his older brother died in San Antonio in a plane crash, so his dad and his oldest brother both died in several—weird. Separate- anyway, I didn't know any of that. And you'd think I would know it all by now? Like, No, that- I didn't know
0: any no, of that until I, I that read your blog. Yeah, um, I mean, I how could you keep up with 26 kids? I mean, yeah. that's like— Well, no, those <laughs> are his own all the kids. Fucking-
2: Osama Bin Laden's dad—Osama Bin Laden was one of, like, 46 kids— and but his,
0: I mean that kind of shit. Like when you're like Osama bin Laden had twenty six kids. When you have like nine wives, you're just kind of like knocking them out. Like it, that's not really you're that not really of a, a father
1: shit. so much as you're a sperm donor. At that, point. well, bride. you
2: know what they would do. Both his father and him, they would marry a woman. A lot of times, like a young woman, have a baby with her or whatever, and then divorce. A child her.
0: is what is what you mean. A child,
2: and then divorce. Yes, He would. They would marry ch- like child brides, bang them, have babies, and then divorce them. So they would only have a certain amount of wives at one time. It was a fascinating read. Anyways, that's I Katie your, Rabbit Hole for you. Sorry. I liked your
1: one line, though, Kate, where you're like, ah, we're going to have to let the Navy SEALs keep that W. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the, only the, fair.
2: Because he was complaining <laughs> about how we killed his dad, but it's like, well, your dad <laughs> fucked up eh. pretty bad.
0: Yeah, so. it was a fantastic blog by Kate. Go search it. Just type in the search bar Kate, and it'll be one of the first ones that come up. Um, It was a great blog. I really appreciated it, Kate. You did a lot of research on that, which is rare for Barstool Sports. Um, Rare for me. Let's let's get going with round number one because we got another doozy. Uh, We're doing... We're not doing fucking Bin Laden. we're not doing it but we're covering Bin Laden and we're covering some other spies that could have really fucked the United States up. Let's walk through this.
2: I'd say we're uncovering it, chaps, even though no we I... didn't do the journalistic research no, on No, we never at do. All. We
0: just aggregate. Yeah. No. Uh
2: in the late speaking of where's this one from? Nothing. Matters. This oh, one stripes. is from stripes. Well, That's from it's stripes. from
0: a com- I went I did some research. Whoa. It's a combination of sources it's stripes it's the actual justice department it's the fbi's website it's uh there's several different ones that i teach together look at us (laughs) go
1: Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up.
0: Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. All
2: right. Round number one. In late 2000, the FBI was closing in on a suspected spy for Cuba working inside the Defense Intelligence Agency. Undercover operatives would soon begin trailing Ana Montes, the agency's top military and political analyst on Cuba, by car and on foot. They filmed her making calls on payphones, even though she carried a cell phone in her purse. They intercepted Montez's mail and inspected the trash outside her apartment in Washington.
0: Okay, before we, before we move forward, I just want to... Montez, you, you need to remember this name, because there's going to be four names involved, and two of them are very close. Montez is the woman FBI agent who are, she was applying to the DNI. That's who she is. Montez is the person who is going to be the expert on Cuba as we Mm -hmm. go forward.
2: Yeah. So it began as a classic tale of recruitment. In 1984, Montez had a clerical job in the Department of Justice. She often spoke openly against the U.S. government's policies towards Central America. Soon, her opinions caught the attention of Cuban officials who thought she would be sympathetic to their cause. So she met with them. Soon after, she agreed to help Cuba. She knew she needed a job inside. Agreeing to do
0: that after one meeting is yeah. insane. Yeah, I'm yeah. All in. one, me- <laughs> one meeting? Fuck yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it.
2: You gotta take me to Outback Steakhouse at least four times right. before I commit
0: treason. I need two hundred dollars in my back pocket. Yeah. It's called a retainer. I need a pontoon
2: boat, a trampoline, and some <laughs> blooming onions first.
0: Large money. Mars the Party Bar. <laughs> taking me to Cuba. Believe <laughs>
2: it. Anyway, she knew she needed a job inside the intelligence community to do any spy stuff, so she applied to the DIA, a key producer of intel for the Pentagon. By the time she started to work there in 1985, she was a fully recruited spy for Cuba. To escape detection, Montez never removed any documents from work electronically Somebody or in hard copy.
0: Somebody from that one. <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: a lot of spies out there screwing that up. Instead, she kept the details in her mind and then would go home and type them in her laptop basically, she would do what I did before a math test where I would stare at the book, stare at the answers, shut it, and then write as soon as I got the paper, I would fucking write it all down as fast as I could so i could
0: can you guys still do that like if like let's say the Apple code pops up and you have to like you have to confirm your identity or whatever it gives you a six. I yeah. used to be able to look at it real quick and then type it in. Now I have to go back and forth like forty times. No, like it's ridiculous. No, I do too. I Dude, do. Okay, every time, time I'm, I'm getting, getting on a
2: plane, I look at my ticket. Oh. It's like seat twenty-four A, and I put it in my right. pocket. But
0: two, that's a that's a two, cultural phenomenon.
1: Yeah, two seconds that, later, I, I,
0: what seat am I? Forty-six in?
1: times by the time I walk from my seat at the terminal down the jet bridge, at least. I'd be like seven F, seven F, seven. Not 7F. proud of what 7F. she did, but in the good pocket, for Ana Montez.
0: I mean, because she was like 30 when this was going yeah, on. Yeah, wow. That's pretty good. It's yeah.
2: impressive. Then she transferred the information onto encrypted disks. After receiving instructions from the Cubans in code via shortwave radio, she'd meet with her handler and turn over the disks. Montez had been spying for nearly 17 years for Cuba, passing on so much classified info about the DIA personnel, as well as eavesdropping technology. Con- covertly installed on the island so she's telling cuba like here's where they're watching you here's yeah, dude, where whatever and not
0: only that she's giving away human intelligence she's yeah. giving up like where people are not even not just cuba she's doing it she's all putting people the in cu-
2: yeah she's putting people in danger everywhere um mm-hmm. and helping them stay one step ahead of what anything we were trying to do um she compromised every method the United States used to surveil the Castro regime, according to current and former U.S. intel officials. That makes Montez one of the most damaging spies of her time, they said. And in hindsight...
0: Well, you, you don't know who this is. It's crazy. This is most spies get caught
2: because they're taking actual disks or info or whatever. It's like, this seems so simple. Oh, just remember it and go talk to somebody about it. And it's so simple.
0: Right. Like, it seems so simple. Yeah. But this one... This story, I think it's buried because of 9-11. Like, nobody gave a shit about anything that was happening domestically. Everything was focused on Afghanistan and Iraq at the time.
2: Yeah, so opening an investigation against a decorated intel officer whose colleagues in the U.S., in the government, they called her the Queen of Cuba because they thought that she was helping them so much, Uh, stay alert on Cuba, was painstaking and high stakes. Almost as soon as it began, the FBI nearly shot itself in the foot. The slip-up was inadvertent. When the Bureau began an intel investigation that might ruffle feathers in a foreign government or upset U.S. foreign policies, officials typically informed the State Department's Office of Foreign Missions. It was a sleepy outfit responsible for keeping tabs on travel by foreign diplomats and overseeing such things as plans to build new embassies or consulates in the U.S. Hardly the setting for an espionage, though. And I feel like that's where you want to work in the government. Me, yeah. I'm just kicking back, tracking a couple of planes, seeing what's going on with the embassy. I'm drunk most <laughs> of the day. It's a treat.
1: So I don't know why man, do you like to be this? Drunk most of the day. It's because, because why are you doing air government? traffic controller?
0: Yeah. No, it's just I'm
2: just <laughs> keeping tabs on um, so, t- the line. So Terry Holstad, the
0: second person. Yeah,
2: yeah. Terry Holstad was then the chief of the Cuba unit at the FBI. So Terry Holstad. Head of FBI Cuba focus. Never thought twice when he described the secretive Montez investigation to the Bureau liaison, a veteran agent and longtime colleague named Robert Hansen. And this is why it's
0: confusing. We got Holstead and Hansen. Holstead yeah. is the he's the good one. Like, so Holstead goes to Hansen. Holstead right.
2: goes to his buddy Hansen, who he trusts more than anything, is like you're not gonna believe this. Anna Montez <laughs> is spying for Cuba. Little Which did, is
0: what we do. Like, if something's happening at Barstool, we're like, oh, did, did you, you hear it? Blah, blah. Yeah, and then it turns out, this would be stuff.
2: like, it turns out, you find out I've secretly been working for Deadspin and passing on all our juicy gossip. Anyway, so that's
1: where all those stories have been coming from.
2: Holstad tells Hansen, like, holy shit, Anna Montez is spying for Cuba. Unbeknownst to Holstad and the entire rest of the FBI, Hansen was also a spy and had been spying for Russia for 20 years. 20
0: years. We got 17 to 20 years. Yep.
2: Thousands of pages of classified documents to the KGB divulging secrets about U.S. nuclear war planning and weapons technology. He compromised the identities of dozens of human sources, at least three of whom were executed, according to a review by the Justice Department's inspector general, which called him the most damaging spy in FBI history. Um, well, good for Anna for breaking the glass ceiling on
0: that. <laughs> right, and truly yeah. taking over is the most... Uh-huh. Um, following But Hansen- classic men having to one-up a woman. That's mansplaining. That's spy mansplaining. Yeah,
2: so um, Holstad tells Hansen, not knowing Hansen's this evil, horrible spy for Russia, about yeah. Montez only a few months before Hansen gets arrested. So now he knows, fuck, this guy had months to warn Anna about this investigation Montez about everything that's going on I said oh my god I wonder if he passed that information to the Russians Holstad recalled in a recent interview The precarious twist in the Montez case was discovered and detailed in a new book by investigative journalist Jim Popkin. He has written extensively about Montez, whom he called the most important spy you've never heard of, in a 2013 feature for the Washington Post. The end to Montez's espionage career was precipitated, in part, by September 11, 2001. The DIA was preparing to assign Montez to a team that would have access to info about locations the U.S. might bomb in Afghanistan. The FBI already had enough evidence to arrest her. Retired Vice Admiral Thomas Wilson, then the DIA director, told Popkin that he called the bureau and demanded they take Montez off the street. In 2001, so only a couple weeks after September 11th, Montez Montez was arrested at DIA headquarters and escorted out of the building in cuffs. Senior Cuban government officials publicly praised Montez and saluted her work, portraying her as a fellow warrior in the fight for socialism against the Reagan admin backing of anti-communist rebels in Nicaragua. And this
0: this story is back in the news for one reason and one reason alone. She's about to get out of prison. For Ooh. her 25-year sentence, if Dude. you have good behavior, they'll take a little bit off.
2: I can't She's believe they're be... letting her out. Already. I know. That like, seems... the other
0: the other guy got life in prison without the possibility of parole for what he gave over to the Russians. She got a 25-year sentence. I feel like and we've had going, people in prison like,
2: longer for small weed offenses, which is Right. Crazy. She's going to be
0: out I think they said May is when her actual date is because of the federal crime. It's not like a state crime where you can do half of your um, sentence. Essentially, if it's a federal crime, you're doing at least 90 to 95 percent of that sentence. So doing 25 years here and getting it knocked down to like 22, 23, that's pretty common. But fuck me. Like how if you're not going to keep this person in jail, how are we keeping other people in jail? Right. Like if anybody deserves to be in prison, it's somebody who gave our secrets away Gold to the Cubans gave and secrets
1: the Russians. To, to you know, some countries that might be classified as enemies of the United States. But this is a great example of why I never went to work for like the CIA or the DIA. These, this was the sole reason. I would just <laughs> be paranoid every day. It's like you think like you're, you're your best bud that you get lunch with on Tuesdays. And then it turns out they've been spying for Russia the whole entire time. You can't trust anybody mm-hmm. in any of these agencies. Like I don't know if you've ever seen the movie with Al Pacino, the recruit, and Colin Farrell. Yeah, it's like everybody's <laughs> like lying about everything. Like it would just drive you nuts. De-
0: departed too. Yeah, you know
1: ex- what oh, would... exactly. That's another example. Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, what made me. You know how they were tailing Ana Montez on foot and in her car and following her all the time. Uh, if that was me, in hindsight, if I was Ana Montez, I knew that I'd, be, I'd be thinking about all the farts I did. Yeah. Oh, God, did they hear me fart?
0: That would <laughs> probably be my main concern. Because that's Here's, what you do. You get in the car by yourself. you got to rip that ass. Really yeah. r- you fucking go. You Here's, a a yep. Here's a question. a question. sting.
1: Here's a question for both of you, and I think this is a, a question maybe a little more specific to, to folks who maybe served in the military. Do you think at any point in your life— this is a good
0: podcast for that.
1: Yeah, I thought so. thought true. So. You're in the right place, um, pal. <laughs> um, do you think at any point in your lives— You've come across somebody who did some covert things for the United States. Um,
2: and while you think about States? that,
1: oh, yes, while, for the United States. While you say that, I'll give you an example. There's a gentleman in my life that it came to light like a year or two ago that he spent ten years of his life doing black ops. And I, I won't say any more. Maybe one day we can get him on the show to tell his story because it's he. We were just like having a normal conversation over lunch, and then like he kind of like starts going into this story. And he's like. Did I ever tell you about XYZ? I was like, he had me enthralled for like 45 minutes doing all this crazy stuff where he just basically ceased to exist as a person for 10 years. So uh, I'm just curious if you guys think you've come across anybody like that because I bet uh, you have.
2: About, I probably maybe have come across them. I remember I, when I was serving a family friend of ours who I don't even want to give to. They t- texted me out of the blue a few times. I didn't talk to them very often. They were much older. Texted me out of the blue a couple times to tell me about big hits the US was about to pull off, and because mm-hmm. they had a friend in the fbi or cia or something who knew it was about to go down and who had told them and it was like and they weren't in the government at all they were just like a guy and i was like that's concerning (laughs) that they're telling you and that you're telling me a lance corporal in the marine corps i was like that's weird huh and then uh and then the one time the one of the things i said did happen and i was like
0: "Uh." yeah and that's what really fucks you up when it does happen Because we get people like tips and things like that. Like, what happened with the Bonham Richard. Like, we'll get information Mm -hmm. about that in my DMs. But there's some things that happen. You're just like, holy shit. Like, there was one moment where it was like, okay, we're about to have the last plane leave Afghanistan. And the last plane, like, the news came out like two minutes after. Like, the last plane had left the airway in Afghanistan. I was like, so this is legit news. And he said that he had worked in a lot of S2 shops, which is Intel. And they had a big meeting that they were going to try. And it seemed super realistic at the time that the Taliban was going to meet and essentially like their State of the Union addressed whenever America was going to go. And he had told me that President Biden had authorized a Moab on that spot where Ooh. all of the leadership was. And I was like. Oh, what? my
2: God.
1: And a <laughs> you Moab for those know. who I don't know, chap? It sounds far fit. What's that? A Moab for all those who don't know?
2: Mother of all a bombs. A mother of all bombs.
0: Like, it's, the, yeah. it's a huge cave-busting bomb that no matter how fortified it is, this thing is getting through. So if that happened, every single one of the Taliban leadership, it'd be like blowing up the State of the Union. Like, mm-hmm. that's what was going to happen. It happened so—I thought the information was so real— I called the congressman that I know and was like, have you heard of this shit? Like, was talking to him <laughs> on Signal. Uh-huh. And he was like, "He was like, I heard something about that. I don't think it's going to happen because if he did, that would <clears throat> Biden would be. Yeah.
2: I mean, that would <laughs> that cause I mean, a lot would, of problems. Yeah, that would yeah. cause a
0: lot of issues. I mean, but I'd, I'd support that. They're just like, saying, you like, kill, you think. Kill everybody in the Taliban. You good. think I'm these okay people are
2: so secret squirrel? But I bet you'd be amazed at how many, like, late night parties and somebody's drunk and is like. Just between you and me, you know what's happening soon? Like,
0: dude, mm-hmm.
2: it happens. It happens all the time. So Yeah, yeah that was does. the other
1: reason. That, that would be me, by the
2: way. That's why I'm not yeah. in the FBI. That's why I didn't do You guys want to hear it, a
1: tasty morsel? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm great at keeping secrets, but I don't like keeping
0: secrets, if that can make sense to you. Yeah. See, cons, I think that both of us, if I didn't have tattoos and you don't have to I think you would be the perfect person to do that. You're like a... Five eleven six foot tall white guy who, if you shade your mustache, you would look like every other five foot eleven six foot white guy I mean you would be picked for like the Marine Corps silent drill team for how much you look like everybody else mm-hmm. like and it 's not a bad thing that 's truthful how Handsome. it goes down. I know one guy. The only dude that I know for sure is I was in when I was in Iraq, he used to be a force recon guy and he came back over to help us out. He was moving back to the fleet marine forces. Well, whenever he became an officer, he went to the University of Texas when he went to I think I've told this story before, but he went to the University of Texas and studied military or not Middle, middle Eastern studies. So he learned both Farsi and Arabic. Whenever he went, when he, his entire goal for this and it was approved by the Marine Corps education command which is bizarre that it went through the, Air Force, the marine education command he ended up having this pitch to them he had found this extremist website and had been talking to people on the extremist website they got him a school seat and essentially like what would be terror camp I guess it was <laughs> and so he went to Af- or he went to Egypt is where this took place and it was a Wahhabi Muslim group that he was like very radical very extremist and he said that he stayed there for, like, a period of six months, like, getting essentially indoctrinated. The and craziest whenever-
2: part of that was, though, He remember he said it was all terrorism, but the one fun part of that camp was they had that big blob in the lake where you <laughs> could jump on it and the other guys yeah, would like fly on Yeah, like on heavyweights. It was like that,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Mm. And he was pretty fat, so whenever he would jump on it, it would send <laughs> all people to the terrorists would, so All the terrorists way. would go,
2: wee! <laughs> they're like, yay! <laughs> Troy.
0: Troy is his yeah, name, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't remember it. So Troy is his name. And he went to Egypt and did this, and he said they stayed there for a time period of six months, and they were burning American flags. They had all kinds of anti-American shit going on. And this is a guy who's in forced recon who had deployed two or three times already. And so he's there, and he was walking down the streets of Cairo, like whenever he had a break, walking down the streets of Cairo, and he saw a young woman that had her – she was wearing short sleeves instead of like full – covered and he was going down the street and he was like look at this fucking slut with her hands out and shit and he said and then he was like wait wait no troy loves shitty girls like slutty girls <laughs> <And> so <laughs> he said that he walked down the street straight to the embassy and was like hey this is my name my social security number all that shit they brought him inside looked it up and it was all true and he came back and he was like i've been here to too long.
2: long it's starting to get to yeah, yeah
0: he yeah, was yeah, like yeah. i'm yeah. about to get indoctrinated for real yeah yeah, yeah. holy Praise shit boss that's Praise so yep.
1: That's the example. I, I think there are people in your lives that you probably have come across. And you never know. And yeah. you never know it. And maybe they're mm-hmm. not, like, I'm not saying, like, a, a, a best friend or even a close friend. Like, maybe just saw an acquaintance. I'm telling you. I bet you there's somebody in your life who's done some secret squirrel stuff, to use your uh, words there, Kate. And, it and I-, just, I just want to know all about them. Mm -hmm. Okay, and
0: I think one aspect that you'll appreciate this because you've talked about it before after MEPS when you first get to boot camp and you have the moment of truth and you think that they're going to find out every single time that you smoked weed. If you can go and be in 17 years given secret information, nuclear information, like the whereabouts of our people, and you could do that with Cuba, and then you have another dude at the same time that's doing it with Russia, I think that that brings the intelligence community under very much like the scrutiny of people because uh, yeah. if that happens, it happens all the time. Yeah. Like, we const- about once a month, we have a story about this. Like, we can't believe it. There's a Navy guy that went over to Russia, and now he's giving them secrets. It happens all the time. That being said, it doesn't matter if you smoke weed. Just lie about it when you go to boot camp. Yeah, they please can't lie. Figure out lie, a, lie, a, lie, it, lie, Yeah, lie. They, can't lie, lie. Out uh, they can't figure out you're a spy. They're not going to figure out that you smoked a little weed when you're in California at 17. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, all right, well, I'm going to make a command decision here on the show. We're not going to do any more rounds. That's it. I think that Ooh. that is the full show. The rest of it, we'll cover in some save rounds, but we're not going to go nearly as deep into that. Um because that was a long round and I thought it was really good So I wanted okay. to be a star of the show Secondly, I'll I'll give the stories real quick The one about Ohio This guy was driving down the road in Ohio And the FedEx got The FedEx driver that was there absolutely, He came out Was throwing out the packages Which I don't necessarily blame you During Christmas season, it's a lot of packages I can understand being fed uh, up driver, a helper. Oh, yeah. driver, driver helper here UPS driver
2: helper, holiday driver helper have here have
0: did you have holiday rage ever, Kate?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah. I, people letting their dogs run at you and be like, don't worry, mm-hmm. she's friendly. And the dog's like, ripping your shoelaces <laughs> apart. And you're like, are yeah. you sure, ma'am? Uh, stepping in dog shit. It was mostly all dog related. Oh, another time going down like a mile long driveway with fit, with this huge fucking package on. What do you call it? The two wheels? Uh,
0: uh trolley. <clears throat> dolly?
2: A dolly? dolly. Yeah.
0: And getting Not it a trolley, all the way down
2: there with my driver, it took two of us to get it there, and the mom comes running out, wait, can you put it back on the truck and bring it back another day? My son's home right now, I don't want him to know, He's, it's a Christmas present. It's like, uh,
0: no, no lady. lady, and then she's like, garage. I'm going to
2: call you, P.S. Baba. It's like, uh, a bitch call.
0: Yo, next <laughs> round is about to start.
1: You ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real?
0: I'm yeah, making like 12 UPS bucks an delivered my <laughs> package. They delivered it. What oh. A piece of shit. And
2: then on my final day, the UPS driver in the zone just south of us got shot by a bunch of people. <laughs> and it was. So, like, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Like, so, if
0: you're doing holiday anyway. goofing at one of those places, Amazon, UPS, whatever, you have a bad day and you start yoking different pox is out down the highway i kind of understand it because that's a shitty thing to have to do during holiday season and nobody appreciates these folks and they should appreciate these folks it's a hard job he's throwing different packages down the highway one guy stops after he sees the packages picks up the packages and he's like you know what these addresses are on here they're all pretty local i'm going to deliver them myself so he went to all these different houses of pack- for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Would not accept tips, payment, or anything. He was like, I just want to do something nice for you guys. I'm sure whatever's in this package is something that you really need. Meritorious mass for Meritorious this guy. Yeah. Mass. I mean, yeah. just nice. unbelievable. Like, that's the holiday. What a nice yeah. job. Every you now and, and then,
2: one of my apartment neighbors will, when I get a pack, will leave it at my door. We'll see it down in the mail room and just bring it up to my door. And I never know who it is, but I'm always like,
1: "Oh man, people are so good." Like, mm-hmm. there are yeah, there's still a lot, yeah, of, good still a lot of good there. in this world. Yeah, uh, but you know what's crazy to me? We just write a bunch of numbers and names on a, a box. We give it mm-hmm. to somebody, and it gets somewhere else in the country or even the world, for that matter, in two days. Yeah, That's How? nuts. That's nuts. That that we I was have watching one
0: package. I was watching one package that went from New Jersey all the way to here, San Antonio, in like a day and a half. I don't understand how that works. No, like what do they do? How do they know? And also, if you got weed and you want it mailed, they they don't care there either. Like they, <laughs> it's they don't give a shit about weed at. The UPS, it's it's wild. Like the mm. things that you learn as you get older, it's crazy. You're all paranoid about having any type of weed pen going through TSA. They don't give a shit about yeah. that. They don't care <laughs> about none of it. Yeah. Um, we do need to talk about one other article that came out. It was very very important, and it covers a rough subject. So I told you at the beginning of the show, if you uh, if it's a trigger for you to hear about sexual assault or any of that, please step away because we're going to talk about that for a few minutes. I want to do a more long form version of this, but this. This came out, and I want more information before we continue to go down this road. But I think that there's a lot of this information that you need to hear. Um, so they set yeah. the scene. We're and not going to go de- –
2: By the way, this is by The Intercept by mm-hmm. author Nick – Tur, well, journalist Nick Terse, and I'm going to reach out to him and see if he'll come on. Um, but he – kudos to them for looking into this and talking about it because all we hear is about women's side of things and that women are getting assaulted in the military. Women, women, women – statistically speaking, if you look at the numbers, because there are so many more men than women, more men are getting assaulted right. than women. And if you look at it, and because the shame and the stigma is even greater, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's horrific for women in the military to come forward with yeah. anything. I mean, multiply that for a man. Like, if you've served, yeah. you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking I mean, about. And just, even just in general culture, really, so. You're,
1: well, so that's, again, I, it goes to our culture largely... Hold on. And- Before
0: we do that, let me let me tell what the okay, story is yeah, about, yeah, yeah. and then we'll we'll suss it out after. So this story <clears throat> is based on the actual story. The, the I guess the novel of the story is about a. A young Marine at the time Whose name is Justin Rose And he had just gone on his first deployment To an area called Djibouti, Africa And when the war and terrorism first kicked off Djibouti was a big launching point for a lot of stuff I had several different dog handlers That I served with that went, went there as well Well he was on watch one night Came back to his room And was and was falling asleep And one of the other people in his platoon He woke him up and he was touching his penis It was
2: New Year's Eve And he, mm-hmm. he had been at the cantina They were all drinking and he mm-hmm. wakes up in his bed kind of groggy. You know when you wake up and you're drunk mm-hmm. and you're, like, disoriented? Yeah, where am I? Yeah. this guy, Stanton, is, is, like, stroking his penis. Um, right. He chases him, and Stanton, he finds Stanton in his bed pretending to be asleep, and he's like, I'm certain it was this motherfucker. He goes to his team leader, a uh, corporal, and the first question his corporal asks him, are you sure you're not making this up? From, uh, there,
0: that, from there, that's a failure of Marine Corps. Yeah. That's a failure on the Marine Corps' part. And there is no way, shape, or form a sexual assault should be routed through a fucking corporal. Like, I th- I'm i a firm believer that if something like this happens, immediately to the company commander. That should mm-hmm. be where the chain of command starts, company commander.
2: But also, Absolutely. it should be none of the above. Um, right, think right. I mean, unfortunately, thanks to Vanessa Guillen's family, that has finally—you don't have to go through your command mm-hmm. anymore. But in 2005, at the time that this you happened to Rose, you had to go through your command— and that entailed, like Rose talks about it, he had to recount the story of being sexually assaulted again and again to his squad leader, his platoon sergeant, uh, the chaplain, over and over and over, um, and placing your trust in your buddies when you know that the lance corporal underground talks, that the staff sergeants all talk, like they're none. Everyone's supposed to keep this quiet and.
0: It's Nobody almost like it HIPAA quiet.
2: rules. Nobody does. So he's telling this. Next because thing you know. Because you're
0: telling a fucking corporal.
2: Rose was branded the Marine that had been groped and hadn't done anything about it. And it was like his fault that he didn't kick Stanton's ass. It was his fault that it happened to him. It, you know, And he became, here he is this guy in a foreign country, far from home, who gets sexually assaulted. And he becomes the one, the laughing stock, the joke, the you know. Um, and it's just this story. Which could... in
0: that what's that time in 2005? I 100% believe this. Yes, yes. Because that was absolutely the culture that was going on, I, and it probably still is. I mean, the Marine Corps doesn't really change that much over time. I imagine there's still a lot of this stigma that goes on, and it's bullshit. Um, what happened is he the, he did end up filing a report and doing exactly what was right, and then in the court martial, he was declared innocent. The person that did it, they didn't think that he did it he spent no time in the brig none of that stuff this guy went on and we'll have the author i'm sure we'll have the author on this show to give much more details about how terrible this was and the information that's behind it well the guy that was assaulting this marine rose ended up doing it several more times over the next couple of years yep. and ended up getting, like, 45 years in prison. But it wasn't because of what initially happened to Rose. And if that would have happened, maybe that stops all those three or four other people. from. It definitely does. Yeah. Three or four other people from getting sexually assaulted.
2: I, I know, the, too. The, yeah. The culture of it, a lot of times, um, the I think the way sexual assault looks and happens to males in the military there's you know all sorts of different ways, but I think a lot of the times it comes across as as hazing and horsing around and later stuff. I heard stories of a guy who passed out and ha ha his buddies put a broom handle up his ass or Guess a what? helmet. Guess what? That's fucking assault. Like mm-hmm. that guy probably is going to have to hold that. And is I mean. Yeah, it's So insane, that's what I was right? going to say
1: earlier. I think it speaks to our culture in the military that is still very prevalent even in 2022. And, and to an extent, yeah. our, our culture as a society and larger. But it's still very much associated with our, our, our genders. And if you're a male, you're supposed to be tough and you won't get taken advantage of. And if something like this were to happen, I would say most guys are embarrassed mm-hmm. to bring that to anybody because it makes it look like you're weak or, you know, you were taken advantage of. So, you know, you're the problem when obviously in, in some cases that's just not the case. Um, and it's crazy to think, but it's just something I think that will take a very, I, I hate to say it, it's going to take a long time for the culture in the military to, to change. I mean, Don't Ask, Don't Tell repealed just in 2011, or 2011, yeah, 2011, sorry. Um, and that's not like a light switch you flick off like, oh, okay, now everyone's just, really okay with people who are non-heterosexual in the military. No, like, you still have these people come from all walks of life, all parts of the country, who still view heterosexuality, homosexuality through a certain lens, and that doesn't just change overnight, much like this culture in the military of sexual assault doesn't change overnight. So it's it's going to take a while, I hate to say it, but it, it needs more people like these individuals speaking up and talking about it if anything's going to change.
2: Well, I remember when I was in, one thing that was actually impactful and and I think did help and make a difference, that, like I hope it did, we had a Marine come speak to us. Um, he had since gotten out, but it was like a safety stand-down. They had a Marine come speak to us and talk about the time. He went out in San Diego, got drugged, and was raped by a man. And the story of how he was terrified to tell anyone, how nightmarish the process was, blah, 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 But that he did come forward, and the man did end up getting an intro, blah, blah, blah. But to hear this, like, and the Marine had been, like, a high-speed, like, badass Marine. And to hear him speak about it and be like, you need to talk about this if this happens to you. You need to, like, you know, whatever. I feel like there should be more of that. Um, But coming forward, is also more difficult because male claims, um, in this article, male claims consistently get rejected at a higher rate than those of women, So it's like it's hard enough to come forward, and then and
0: that's from and that's she's referring to the VA too. To the VA, yeah. Whenever you do, uh, because you can file for compensation because you have mental stressors from what happened to you involved in a sexual assault, which is absolutely appropriate and it should happen. But some of this other data from this article is crazy. Insane. It's it's one of the aspects that sexual assault of men in the military is also widespread, vastly underreported each day on average more than 45 men in the armed forces are sexually assaulted according to the last pentagon estimate for women it's 53 per day so that number is not much of a disparity and like what kate is saying that means that there's a shit ton more men that are getting us and you don't have to do like statistically
2: more women get assaulted but numbers wise more yeah it's
0: it's men and i don't think that the number is Sexual assault should stop no matter what gender you are, no matter what sexual orientation. None of that shit matters. Sexual sexual assault in the military is an epidemic. But the people at the DOD can say what they want to. It's an absolute epidemic. And I would say it's on par with suicide. Yeah. But to
1: Kate's point earlier, I think you need to educate people on what constitutes sexual assault because so much is just dismissed as. That's guys being dudes, just horseplay, whatever, locker room type environment, mm-hmm. what have you. When by the letter of it, that's a lot of times sexual assault, and I and know, the I person hit, has
2: the choice then of either laugh like laughing it off, right? But they're not okay, and, and but if they say something, then it's a, then it's they're a victimized even further, which is difficult, right. and, and, and I'm not saying that it's a small fraction of it, probably, but
1: and then the other thing too, especially I think among men, is if you do come forward. You get ostracized. Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, well, screw him. He's not part of the team. You know, he, he wants to go run and tell, you know, a, a platoon sergeant or first sergeant what's going on in the barracks on, on Friday night. And he, can't, he does not have fun. And it gets all twisted around that you just perpetuate that culture where I don't want to say anything because
0: I don't want to be a I, I duck out here. Yeah. And let's be honest. In that time period, people did play fuck games with each other. Like, there was so much... Credit carding going on, like yep. were you drugs to your hand? There's all of that stuff going on. I heard a story after I got out from a Marine that was doing with the same stuff. He's like, dude, that was and we were eating at like Twin Peaks, something ridiculous. <laughs> we were at Twin Peaks and he was like, You know, all those games that we used to play and like everything was fine. I was sexually assaulted when I was a kid and it was terrible for me. Like anytime we played those games. And we don't think about that. No. Like that is not something that you think about. An adult who is sexually assaulted or molested whenever they are a kid growing up and how terrible that experience would be. And nobody should have to go through that. No matter yeah. what, no matter what your background is, you just shouldn't. Yeah. Um let's move on to some save rounds and alibis.
1: The high noon El Prez Pack is here featuring my top four high noon vodka Seltzer flavors. These flavors include passion fruit, pineapple, pear, an all new flavor. Tangerine, All made with real vodka, real juice. This 12-pack is only here for a limited time, so get it while you can. Just look for the pack with my face on it. You can even scan the QR code in the pack and have me virtually join your party. Visit highnoonspirits.com to find the El Prez pack nearest you.
0: Nick, we'll start with you. I am a firm believer that children love colorful lights way more than white lights. So what we have done in my house is we will do colorful lights during the day so the kids can get that aspect of the colorful lights. And then when it's nighttime and it gets dark, we switch over to the white lights. I just oh, think white and- lights in
1: general look better.
0: Yeah, the aesthetic is better. Yeah. <sighs> okay. No. Nope. Yeah, I would. I I would make the concession until they turn five. <laughs> I, I, I like the
2: big, fat uh, Christmas story colorful lights on the tree <laughs> with, like, the old school tinsel. I do. I fucking love it. I'll always have a tacky-ass
0: house. Tinsel? Oh. We, my a dad, yes growing house. up,
2: my dad, um, he patented. He didn't patent it. He should have. He tied two long broomsticks together with, like, the brooms snapped off. And then he put, like, a Y shape of, like, an actual twig from the yard that was in a Y shape. He, like, duct taped that. And he would put the lights on it. He would use that to put the lights way up in the tree. Oh, smart. Yeah. smart wow, smart. There was no smart. rhyme or reason to it. There wasn't a swarm It was just, like, a nest of lights in each tree. Yeah, but you um, know what?
1: Once it's dark out, you can't see that. All you yeah. see is the light, so it looks great. Yeah, yeah when we, I it moved, was always crazy colors, for sure.
0: When I moved to Chicago, I just saw this new invention that you they put up. And they essentially, like, put it, you know, like, there's the over part of your roof. Like, I forget, yeah. the awning of your roof, I guess. Mm-hmm. They will put these things permanently in onto your house. And they'll do it, like, exactly how Christmas lights are supposed to be. You can't see them the rest of the year. But whenever it's Christmas time, you never have to take them down ever again. And they just stay up. That ah, is a clutch. That if is If you're cool. going to be in the same house for a while. No um, all did. right, Cons, what about you?
1: Okay, a few things. Buckle up. Okay. Um, number one.
0: Which I'll allow since you had none last week.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I saw this week Tom Hanks starting a coffee company to support veteran organizations. So he's going to make coffee, and then the proceeds are going to go to select veteran organizations. So now is as good a time as any for, for Tom Hanks to come on the show. So uh, we, I only yeah. drink Stella Blue, unfortunately. Yeah, Thank so sure. we won't yeah. be promoting his coffee, but maybe we'll promote the organizations hey. he's helping. Fair I don't enough. Think. Fair. Um, Fair enough. We have a very, very cool uh, T-shirt and hoodie design for Army Navy, for the Army guys. It's a play on the original Rocky movie poster, so that's mm-hmm. uh, for sale right now in the Barstool store. I hate store. to say
2: it. It's a cool-ass yeah, cool shirt. Yeah. That's when you
1: know it's good. That's when you know it's good, when even though it admit I'm, I would it's never good. wear it, but it's yeah, a cool shirt. It's good. Um, and then, uh, lastly, so everyone's doing the whole Spotify wrapped and... and different things about the music. And it's. I think it's fun to see what people listen to. I've always said, like, I would love walking down the street if everybody had a bubble over their head so you could mm-hmm. see what song they were listening to or podcasts or whatever. But then, and I think I might have said this on the show before, so if I'm repeating myself, sorry, but I always think about this. Chaps made a suggestion of an artist for me to check out based on other artists that I listen to. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, cool, I'll check that out. But to me, music these days is both exciting that we have access to so much music, but it's also overwhelming. Like, it gives me anxiety to think, how many artists and musicians are out there that I don't know about that I would really like their music? But it's like, but I got to listen to all this other music first before I get to that new music. But then there's just this endless amount of new music, and it'll never end. Well, that's why they do the suggested
2: for you. You just click Mm -hmm. that, and you just tool around a little. Did you like my suggestion? Yes,
1: I did. But, But that's my point. I did. So it's like... Yeah, geez, there's just so much music mm-hmm. out there that I don't know. It's, uh, but maybe that's exciting. Kate recently got back into, I music, got back so. into music. I got back into music. That
0: still might be one of my favorite <laughs> things that Kate's <laughs> back into said. back music. On the Chaps and Kate show one night, she was like, uh, I said, have you heard this band? And she was like, no, I'm just kind of getting back into music. And it was <laughs> one of the most <laughs> insane things yeah. I've ever heard somebody say. Uh, is um, that it, Kans? Const- yes, that's it. Katie? Ooh,
2: Uh, oh shout out to Annika Hustler chaps you blogged this the marine at the Lakers game who chugged Mm -hmm. a beer out of her prosthetic leg fucking badass super cool Um, I saw a video of where she she had had tumors in her foot and everything and had Mm -hmm. to get her foot her leg removed and the video of her waking up from surgery and just straight up goofing with her family and just being hilarious. Like that's a Marines Marine right there. Mm -hmm. So shout out Annika Hustler. I love stories like that. Hard decision to
0: make too hard
2: decision to make, but just the stories of spirit like that are just fucking very inspiring. So I kudos. Would love to have a beer with her sometime straight out of the lake.
0: Yeah, maybe we can get her on the show too. I think we need to hear her story about how she found out that she had cancer so early. She was pretty fortunate there. Um, that you found I don't know except fortune. for losing but, the leg yeah that's right, Besides right. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Our, I have two things I've been scrolling on Reddit incessantly lately um, One fact that I saw on today I learned think about how many animal species there are in the world like the Am- in the Amazon all across the world how many there are did you guys know that 25% of all species on the planet are beetles What Beetles? Twenty-five percent of all animals on the planet are in the beetle family. So there's eight point seven
2: million species on Earth.
0: Crazy. That
2: includes, though, species can be plants, fungi. I don't know what a chromist is. A chromist, animals, uh...
0: under the genus of beetles. One quarter of all animals. Craziest stat I've I've ever heard. Probably, it was on National Geographic. Apple cap. No, I mean, even so, don't you dare to spare Snapple Caps facts. Dude, Snapple facts are
1: great. What's wrong with
0: you? Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? behavior, really? My goodness gracious. i in the second one. Sorry, I just
1: would have said, 25, I would have said, like, birds or something. That would have made sense. I would too, yeah. You know what I used to
2: crush that was great? Uh, Lion's Head Beer had the quiz in the cap. It had, like, the little word quizzes. I miss that. Lion's Head Beer?
0: I don't even know if I've heard of that. Oh, man. Is it a Pennsylvania thing?
1: She's talking crap about Snapple, and then she throws out this random-ass beer that nobody's heard of. Mm -hmm.
2: I-K-Y-K-Y, if you know, you know.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Second story. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) Have you guys ever seen those Listerine tabs? Yes, love them. Like, they're yeah. great, right? Like, yes. it's almost like mouthwash whenever you Huge in high school before
2: making out in the back seat of your mom's uh, minivan yeah. on the way home from the movies.
0: Okay. And not the paper ones. Have you seen, like, the actual tablets where it's, like, you would push it through, like, if you were getting a piece of medicine out. Yeah, like, yeah, Like, where it's, it has the silver and you push them out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. So we've had, like, a 12-pack by our garbage can for a while. It's, like, where our junk drawer is, essentially, so it's, things are just stacked up there. I came up from doing a podcast or doing an interview, something like that, where I essentially talked for like an hour and a half. And so my throat was really dry. I was like, I'll just take one of these. It'll be fresher. I'll feel more fresh. There was another thing of tablets that was sitting right by it, and I thought it was the same tablet. I I popped the thing, put it into my mouth. It was a fucking Keurig thing that strips all the old coffee out of your Keurig, like the acid. And I put it in my mouth, and it started dissolving instantly and, like, foaming. And I was like, oh, my God. And I ran to the sink, was, like, spitting it out in the sink. And I was like, what should I do? And I thought, like, diluting it. So I just took the biggest cup that was by the sink, filled it, and, like, chugged it. Like, it was the night end at boot camp where you have to hydrate with a cool canteen. I chugged that motherfucker so much. And then Annalise came in. She was like, why are you drinking, like, two huge things of water in a row? Like, what's wrong? I was like, well, I ate fucking acid. I ate this (laughs) soup. I ate this soap. And now I feel like I'm going to die. And she just fucking loses it laughing. She was like, of all the (laughs) stupid-ass shit that you've ever done since we've been married in 13 years, this is number one. (laughs) And, And I tasted that soap. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever it was for like a day and a half. Yeah. And I waited to tell you guys because I wanted to tell you on the show. That's Damn. unfortunate. It was Gosh, lo- your mouth's
2: looking very clean.
0: I was yeah. going to say. You. I appreciate that. Nice. Thank you very much. Alright, we'll be back here on Monday. See you then. So Wait! Intrigued. Oh! Wait! What? 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 I just want to
2: get ahead of this. If you're in the Philadelphia area, we're going to be at the Army-Navy game and have a mm-hmm. huge footprint there at the tailgate, but also... Friday night before the tailgate, we will be at Barstool Sansom Street from 8 to 10 for a happy hour. If you're in the Philly area, please come out and hang out. Uh, I think we're gonna have some merch we're tossing around, and
1: I just we love need to come people. up with a better name than Happy Hour because eight o'clock's is not Happy Hour. I'm sorry, like five to six, five to seven, that's like Happy Hour. Four to six, maybe moto Early hour. evening
0: goofing. How about yeah. early evening goofing? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> early evening goofing, a Moto yeah. Hour. <laughs> As we're gonna have, I think that's only the second time in like four hundred and five hundred something episodes that we've talked after Sound the Retreat, so it was very important. Yeah, I'm uh, that you guys come out and hang Thank out you. with us. All right, Sound the Retreat.
2: WAIT! (laughs) Okay, no, I'm just kidding.